When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coming up on today's episode, we're still streaking. The Jets make it eight in a row against Chicago, plus the lowdown on Shifley's early exit due to injury. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Yeah, that's right. Eight is great. It's never going to end. We're all going to live forever. The Jets continue to stand alone atop the rest of the NHL standings after a, um, I don't know, a surprising Result, I guess, against the league worst. I mean, Chicago Wolves more so than the Chicago Blackhawks, but some late game magic. They find a way to get it done. Uh, so we'll break down the game for you guys here. And unfortunately, maybe the the bigger story, um, the mid-game injury to Mark Shifley, which we'll obviously touch on uh, as we uh, move our way through the episode today and as we head into the weekend. But all in all, good vibes. And the chase for 9 and 10 will continue over the weekend for the club. Uh, joining me once again to break down the game against Chicago and everything else, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki is here with us. Tyson, birthday week. How we doing? How was the birthday brisket, by the way? It's fantastic. It's just, just delight, just a delight. It was. So- oh, I'm so happy for you. I, and I, 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 I got some uh, some intel that. You also recently just wrapped up a nice little birthday dinner at Pacero. I might have. I might have. <laughs> what's the uh, what, what's what's the review on on Pacero? Though you went to the Corridan one, right? Not the I know they're at the Forks, but they for those that don't know, um, pretty recently I think they picked up a shop on Corridan just past uh, in and around like the Lilac area there. Oh, it, it was awesome. It was so good. Like, like every we got, I think it was six plates, and it was just my my favorite was the octopus. There was like this octopus with uh, saffron aioli, and uh, I was and I've I've just never had octopus cooked that perfectly. Like you know, usually it's a little chewy. It was just it was like melting your mouth. It was it was awesome. Oh, I do like a good octopus. I always I always got to get past it when I go there, but I I might have to switch it up a little bit. Um, do you, yeah. do you feel a little weird eating octopus? 
Yeah, I don't I don't like to think about how smart they are. <laughs> although although I haven't I came across that like revelation. I haven't eaten octopus since I kind of like there was a thing. I didn't know there was a thing that like eating octopus is bad. And then I'm like, oh well, now I don't know if I want to. Like if that one feels kind of weird. So I don't know, but I'll I'll have to see what happens there. It's a shame they're so tasty. That is, I mean, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. That a well, you know, well cooked octopus is about as good as it gets. Uh, well, glad I'm, I'm happy. Happy you enjoyed your meal. And uh, yeah, if anybody here that's listening hasn't checked out Pacero yet, um, either at Corden or at the Forks, yeah, you're gonna want to do that. Uh, it's pretty much a home run, no matter what you choose there. Um, but it was a uh, not, not not quite a Michelin starred effort by the Winnipeg Jets against Chicago. Thursday night. That's a pretty good segue. I'll I'll give myself a stick tab for that one. But they get it done. I mean, it was let's face it, it was an ugly game to watch. It wasn't very enjoyable. Uh, I mean, the, the Jets didn't have their, especially compared to the previous seven dubs that they've picked up. This was not one of their finest efforts of the season. It was just it was like a midweek slog, right? Like you know, the weekend's almost there. You're just kind of going through the motions a little bit. That that that's kind of what it felt like for the Winnipeg Jets on this night, combined with the fact that, I mean, Peter Morazic is now the new Vimelka, apparently. I mean, he's played out of his mind against Winnipeg these past two games. But the Jets get it done. And, I mean, that's kind of the hallmark of a great team, right? You have your your B, C, maybe D effort, and you find a way to pull through. And to do so as well with the injury to Mark Shifley midway through the game, that's obviously a big loss, but then throws the rest of the lines into a bit of a blender there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's character all over the place, Tyson. And again, a game I don't think they find a way to win last year. Yeah, no, totally. And even just, like, I just wanted to say off that Ehlers goal as soon as he crossed the blue line. You know, like, this, <laughs> this is totally going. It was over. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's, th- this is the kind of game where you kind of, you hope that there's not a letdown, but you're almost kind of expecting a letdown. You know what I mean? Like, a team like Chicago, who's terrible already, and they're missing our, two of their better players, their best player, and then one of their better players in Nick Felino. And I, it, it kind of went the way I thought, honestly. I thought Chicago would probably come out a little bit, you know, just have that little bit of jump early on because it is the Jets, the best team in the league, no big deal. And the Blackhawks come in like, hey, maybe we could play spoiler a little bit. Uh, you know, no, all of those guys are playing for jobs still too, right? Like, it's not like they have nothing to play for. Like, those guys are still... Like li- literal jobs. <laughs> yeah, like although, almost 95% of that roster is playing for an NHL contract next year. But like you mentioned, this Jets team would have lost 3 nothing, probably last season, like in the latter half of last season. It's this team's just different, and even and even with the Shifley injury and the lines being a mismatch, it's it, they were able to to pull through, kind of just gra- grab some momentum at the end there and find a way to get two points. Yeah, that, I think that, I think that's pretty much it in this game, right? <laughs> like it's just it, when when you play teams like Chicago, San Jose, you know, I mean, going the years past, some of the awful teams that you see, it like it's a lose lose for good teams there. Right, because you beat the living doors off them. It's like, well, yeah, you were supposed to, and then if it's a tight one, like people complain, right? Like it's just they're 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 tough, especially like midway through the season. It's just tough to get up. Like I mean, it's the same as you know. It's funny people always get mad at 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 at, you know NHL teams, professional athletes, whatever it is. 
when they kind of go through the motions on a night or something like that, right? And it's like, how how can you do that? Like, how can you not be amped up and ready to go for a game? But how many people maybe only watch 30% of this game because they're like, oh, it's Winnipeg, Chicago. Like, even the fans are going through the motions. <laughs> like, whether it's on TV or at the arena, like, I, I kind of get it, right? I mean... Well, and too, like, I, I'm not the biggest fan of when people compare, like, sports teams to office jobs because there's just... The environment itself is super different, but everyone goes through weeks where it's just like, ah, uh, this this day's kind of a write it write off. Like I'm like, we'll go through the motions today. That's what today was for the Jets. Like that's the the fact yeah. that they were able to to find it within themselves even after the Shifley injury injury because that too that's a damper on the team. The team doesn't know what's what happened to him. They don't know how badly he's hurt. Hopefully it's not nothing serious, but it it weighs on a team. It's just kind of like an adrenaline dump in in and of itself. So to be able to kind of rally back from that, it's a it's a huge sign for this team. Yeah, I mean, it's the only downer on the evening. Um, but I mean it's it's gonna be the main talking point tomorrow morning or Friday morning. I guess people are listening to this on Friday morning, but it's gonna be the main talking point heading into the weekend until further clarity is given here. Um, it's just about 10 p.m. on Thursday night. Still haven't heard anything from the team or the coaching staff about what's happening with Shifley. But I mean, let's break it down, Tice. It's always scary when it's a non-contact injury because again, like, you know, generally players don't pull up lane for no reason and leave a game if nobody's touched them. <laughs> I also like when people are like, I hate to speculate. That's not, people love to speculate about injuries. <laughs> like fans, fans eat that up. Everybody becomes a physio or a well-tenured doctor trying to diagnose and dissect injury. I, I always laugh when people say that because it's like, I don't like to speculate, and then they speculate. And everyone's like, yeah, let's figure it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it looked like either a pull or a strain on, on a muscle, right? I don't know if you saw differently how how serious that is. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll find out. I don't think it's going to be anything too bad. Um what it does, I think, set up for in all likelihood is the Jets have to kind of just find a way to tread water until the All-Star break. And then that way you get a little bit of time. It sounds like Kyle Connor is a week away, right? So Connor might get a game or two in before the All-Star break. Billy Hainala will have a bit of time, right? Like it's it kind of feels right now. I'll double check how many games the Jets have up until the All-Star break. I believe it's six. It's six? Yeah, it's Fires. I, uh, Senators, Islanders, I believe, yeah. Bruins, and then back-to-back the back against the Leafs. Yes. So it just depends. I mean, that. so let's just say the rest of January here, the Jets have six games to go through. And then there'll be the 27th of January, Feb 6. That's a pretty substantial break for the team then. Four and two would be fantastic, in my opinion. <laughs> and at three and three, I, I think would be just fine with with where with the cushion they've given themselves, at least here. Um, but I, I, I think the hope, I mean, best case scenario is probably just misses a couple of games. But if, if Shifley has to be out until February, all in all, not the end of the world. You can kind of rejig your lines and have everything ready to go for, you know, you get that refresher, a little bit of rejuvenator. And then the push is on for top spot in the division at the very least for the Jets. But but for me, it's just let's 
let's try to get through these next six without too much damage in the standings being done. Yeah. And I mean, I don't like to speculate, but, <laughs> but you're smiling, <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, like our family knows as good as anyone growing problems, growing injuries. I ought to meet me too. I've had something very similar to happen to me where it's just, you're skating skate either catches an edge or just hits a rut in the ice and you you don't have a clean stride and pulled groin. Like it's that just something like that. It could be that easy. And that's what I think. <laughs> I don't like to speculate that you go with like <laughs> no, a well, that body part. <laughs> I, I was just going to say muscle strain or pull. I, um, I would say that's a groin injury. Most likely, most likely a pulled groin. And if I was the jets, I'm waiting until after the all-star break. Just yeah, like what, like, what's the point? Exactly. And and one thing that I like about, I don't want to say I like about this injury, but one positive that can potentially come from this injury is now you have a six-game trial for Cole Perfetti to take yeah. the reins. Okay. Well, yeah. So so that's that's the obvious talking point to come out of this here is that, I mean, clearly a big hole in your lineup needs to be filled for the foreseeable future. Now, in-game, Adam Lowry just moved up. Beside Nikolai Ehlers and Gabe Velarde, uh, we saw the Perfetti, Nemestikov, and Ayafalo line stick together. How the Jets are going to mishmash their bottom six. I mean, they've got more than enough guys to do that, right? So if they want to go that route, you know, they, they can throw together essentially any combination of players within there. Lowry did pick up two assists late in the game. And it's funny because right before that game-tying goal in my head, I'm like, well, it's clearly obvious why... You know, Lowry isn't a, a number one center. And then he goes ahead and it's pass to Velarde, tap in, pass to Ehlers, goal. So, like, oh, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, what's the move now? What do you think? I guess the, the there's two different things. What do you, what would you like the Jets to do? And what do you think the Jets will do? But I, I totally agree with you. It's a six-game audition for somebody to take over that number one center spot. I'm going to start with what I think they're going to do. Because I know for a fact they're probably not going to do what I would like them to do. Good. <laughs> but what I think they do is I do think they give Perfetti a look on that top line. I think you, it's, th you, you think have... they give Perfetti a look? I do. I think it's just mm. and what I don't know how long that look's going to be. I think I would as I would assume though that he is the number one center for the game on Saturday against Philadelphia. I I, I truly believe that, and then it's sort of that Lowry line becomes a second line. Vlad Nemestikov centers the quote unquote third line and then the fourth line's there too. And I I, I like it. I mean I don't mind the well, idea. Well what would you what would you do then? Well what I would do is I would for, for Fetty staying on that top line for the full six games, no matter what, how he does. And with the way how the way the Jets have played so far this year and with a little bit of cushion that they might have over these six games, I'm giving an all-star look. Oh, Tyson. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Brad Lambert up. Oh, giving them this my gosh. Just, oh. for, just for poops and giggles. Oh. Why, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, not that he's, it's not that he's unworthy of it. I, I don't think that's the play at all. I, I think, look, he's, he's lighting up the AHL to a degree. Just, just, just let, him, let him enjoy the season down there. Right, yeah, like don't him, don't throw any extra pressure on him. It's one thing. I mean, he's to put him down the middle. No, no, no. But I don't I, think there I, is any. I don't think you'd be putting any pressure on him. It's like a mini reward for his all star play 
you let it, and then you send him back down for the AHL All Star game and let him have that break too. I I, I just I like the idea of, of getting him into the lineup and saying, just be you these games, these six games. Just go out there, kind of get a little bit of a feel to the game a little bit of the NHL speed, and then we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I don't I don't I mean I like I said I highly highly doubt that happens. That's almost a zero percent chance of it happening. What he did lately, yeah. <laughs> but I I don't know. I I don't mind that idea of of rewarding a prospect that's had a strong season so far. I don't mind your idealistic sense of hope, Tyson, but <laughs> it ain't happening. And I, I don't I don't think it should happen either. The, the the main thing being kind of what you touched on earlier making the best out of a bad situation, you have given yourself potentially a six-game trial to experiment and, and tinker and try things out a little bit. And we all know, I mean, we know what the biggest issue, I guess, or concern with this forward group is. It might be the biggest concern team-wide heading into the playoffs, and that's your depth down the middle. And so to, to me, I would be... I wouldn't be shocked. I, I would just be disappointed in the opportunity missed not giving either Perfetti or Velarde a chance down the middle here. I, I kind of like that. I do like the concept of rewarding Adam Lowry, your captain, with that 1C spot in 20 minutes a night. Like, I, I, I do like that idea. I just don't think his game meshes well with Velarde and Ehlers. You know, like I said, even though he picked up those two points late, to me, it's just oil and water. Like just let him do what he does best, and that's dominate on the third line with with Nino and Appleton, and play him close. You can play still play him close to twenty minutes. If they he, you know what, it'll probably be a pretty even split between the top three lines. I don't think we're going to see anybody. I would be pretty surprised if we saw anybody crack, you know, twenty plus minutes. I'm 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 intrigued to see if it's going to be Perfetti or Velarde by the coaching staff as to who like they would tap on the shoulder for, for that job down the middle, because I think that kind of tells you at, at least where they're leaning on who might be that guy for the future. Um, I mean, I've made my thoughts well known on this. I, I think between the two young guys, I think Velarde is better suited to be a center long-term than, than Cole Perfetti is. So that would be the guy that I would go with. And I'd put Velarde down the middle with Nikki on one wing. I I honestly wouldn't even care who else gets the call up on that other wing. I wouldn't mind seeing Morgan Barron get a bit of a, I mean, speaking of rewarding guys, I wouldn't mind seeing Morgan Barron get a shot up there and play some, you know, significant minutes with, with some high end talent that he hasn't necessarily had the chance to do so in his career. But I also really like the way, Perfetti and Nemesnikov play off each other. Like, I don't know if I want to go ahead and, and break that up. And if they're both playing really well, why not go that route and then see what Gabe Velarde can do for you down the middle for the next handful of games. And, and that's, I, I wonder if the Jets are going to look at it through that lens of, you know, the deadlines seven weeks away, roughly. Like this is a, you can find out a lot about the team, both in the future, but also in the presence if Alardi can go down the middle and look really, really strong, I mean, it, it at the very least gives you options headed into the postseason, right? It gives yeah. you options at the trade deadline, and then it gives you options lineup-wise if guys are faltering, if a line isn't firing on all cylinders. You know that, oh, hey, he's got wing center 
versatility and we can shake things up accordingly. Yeah, and you're going to shake up the re- the even strength lines, but also even the power play unit. Like that's a huge, huge member of the unit that's gone. And now I think that's going to have to force the Jets to really tinker with the unit, maybe come up with new ideas of how they want to either end, whether it's entering the zone, setting up inside the zone, what kind of different plays they want to run. Because it's tough. Like you'd think that Ehlers kind of goes into that Shifley spot and then maybe Perfetti runs the unit from the half wall on the right side. And then you go Velarde, Iafalo. I think that's that's probably likely what they do. But I, I, it gives you, like you said, it gives you an opportunity just to try new things and really see if you can kind of get the power play going just with different looks. And then when Shifley gets back and Connor, incorporate those guys. Or even if a, if that unit's cooking with Shifley and Connor out, why not keep them together and throw Shifley and Connor on a different unit and maybe you have two units that are that are equally as strong that can equally create chances for the team. Um, Marada Tesh actually just put out a tweet that said Rick Bonus had his availability. No update on Mark Shifley for Rick Bonus. More tomorrow. Well then. Well, there you have it. No news. <laughs> Break, breaking news. Breaking news. No, news no update. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that, Tyson. You know, the one thing I will say about the power play that that showed up in that game against Chicago, and I don't know if it's going to have any far-reaching implications on the team over the course of the year, but surprisingly, Perfetti looked really good and dangerous in that spot kind of below the goal line, in a, like just to the left of the net, that, that Kyle Connor was in for a long time when back when, you know, it was the Wheeler and Line and and everybody else on the power play. Like for a little guy, he he does he's pretty effective at getting to the net. Like it's it's really bizarre. You think somebody would just plow him into the third row, but he kind of just like slip slithers his way through everybody and he created some dangerous scoring chances. So I wonder if the Jets take note of that and maybe, you know, a little unorthodox, but Perfetti gets a nod somewhere down below the goal line behind the net in that area, and you could try to see if you can operate the power play through some different angles down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's plenty of intrigue now headed into that game Saturday night against Philadelphia because it's, I mean, also a ton of intrigue heading into that practice, um, on, on Friday, assuming the team hits the ice Friday, we'll get a sense of how the jets are going to line up for that game up against the flyers. Nonetheless, though, a big two points with a big push down the stretch run of the third period there. And like we said, eight in a row for the Jets, three points up on Colorado, a bunch more up on Dallas. And yeah, they're going to need every one of those points over this next stretch uh, before the cavalry comes back in. Uh, Like I mentioned there, Kyle Connor probably a week away, might get in a couple of games before the All-Star break. And then Billy Hanela down with the moose now, which is awesome that he's ready to go for game action. So we'll have to keep an eye on him and see how he's doing. It really sucks for the kid, though, because who do you, you can't take anybody out right now. Like, who do you, who do you take out? I, I know Nate Schmidt's got the big cap hit, but for a third pair defenseman, he's been outstanding. Like, and who are you going to send down to bring up Hanola now? He just he can't catch a break. Like, it, <laughs> it's so terrible. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, at the very least, though, he he was going to need a couple. I would imagine a couple weeks, anyways, to get back up to game shape. So we'll see what happens with them then, but all the best for, for Billy and even Rasmus Kupari as well, who's going to get slowly integrated back in. And then, yeah, you're right. 
it's decision time on I mean, a bunch of people are <laughs> going to get the short end of the stick, and and I don't think anybody deserves to be sent down at this point. But it's the way she goes on a number one team. Got to make tough decisions, and then some some un, undeserving players are going to have uh, a bit of a tough time uh, getting the assignment that they don't necessarily want to have. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that over the next little bit. Um, but that'll do it for the game against Chicago. On tap next. A game we'll both be at live, Tyson. Torts and the Flyers are coming to town. Torts, Drysdale, and the Flyers are coming to town. I do not like Cutter Gauthier, and I think that's about as polite as I can do it. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, it's late at night. I don't want to swear. I don't want to start getting angry. But it, it was the story in hockey this week. It was. It still is. It's. I guess it's not dying, but just these entitled, immature dicks that play college hockey down south. It, it just, it's. You hate to stereotype Tyson, but there's only one group of players over the last handful of years that pull stunts like this, and Goche follows the Adam Fox. Jimmy VC, whatever else mold here of Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. If I'm not getting my way, then away I go here. I mean, it is interesting. I I wonder how many people would agree with me on this. Minus the questionable behavior by their fan base. I actually see... (laughs) No, 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 but I actually see a lot of similarities between Philadelphia and Winnipeg. And I say that because I think both Philadelphians and Winnipeggers are fiercely protective of their city. And the second somebody spurns them, you've made an enemy for life. (laughs) Philly handles this much differently than Winnipeg does, but I think the emotion... And and the mind are in the same sort of a place. I mean, from a from a Philly perspective, I kind of wonder if this is their Pierre Luc Dubois moment, where, and obviously it's not the perfect comparison, but a malcontent gets shipped out, and it's like a galvanizing moment of, well, if you don't want to be with us, then get the hell out of here, and we're gonna find a way to make it work with the guys that we have here. It clearly worked in Winnipeg. Remains to be seen if it works in Philadelphia, but man, like I, I'm still I'm still miffed at the level the the insane level of entitlement. Although he's a kid still, but he's sure proving that he's a, a, a kid because a man, at the very least, gives the time of day and and speaks face to face with his potential slash former employers and tells them look, this is why it's not going to work and we're not going to find a way to mend this relationship. To ghost not only respected people around the hockey world, uh, but also guys that have been through the ring, like Danny Briere, Keith Jones, John LeClaire is a freaking American hockey legend. And, and John LeClaire was with the program when Cutter Gauthier was with them, too. Patrick Sharp, like it goes on and on. He's just a dick. I can't, I can't stand the kid. I hope he has a long career, but he stubs his toe every single day getting out of bed. I, I just, I, I understand player, what's the word, player independence or whatever it is. 
but you don't have to be a dick about it. Sorry, earmuffs, kids. <laughs> well, like, cut, her, cut her go change. It's just not how you handle the situation. And if you think if there's anyone that would have the similar insight into Philly organizations and how they might not properly treat a player, Patrick Sharp, like Patrick Sharp literally was treated worse than Goche was. And now he's already willing to come back. And be by the way, by the way, Tyson's referring to when he was with the Flyers organization and, and right. Didn't and get Ch- a chance. Kent Hitchcock was the coach. He didn't yeah. give him enough playing time. He got yo-yoed around in and out of the lineup, sent down to the minors. Then obviously goes on to Chicago and has a great, great career for the rest of his career. And so for a guy like that to be with the organization that quote unquote spurred him early on in his career to be back there and then wanting to reach out to a player and say, Hey, I know things might not seem great right now, but there's things we can work together and push things in the right direction. Kid just wants to, Kid just thinks that he knows everything already. Well, now I almost forgot about this, Tyson. And people here in Winnipeg will probably not be shocked to hear this. But would it blow anybody's mind? And I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count about who this kid's agent is. Um, I don't know. Kurt Overhart. Oh, who would have guessed that it was Kurt Overhart representing Cutter Gauthier? So, I mean, you've you, you've got an entitled, immature, stupid kid being guided by a ruthless sleazeball agent. Let's call it what it is. Shouldn't really shock anybody that it came well, to this. And and you all know it's hilarious too. Do you know who else Kurt Overhart represents? John Gibson. A guy who's been stuck in Anaheim his whole career, who's asked for trades multiple times, and he's not getting out. And you send a guy who didn't want to be with an organization because of the way he's been treated, and you send him to Anaheim, where you have another client who's been wanting out for almost five years now at this point. Well, hey, Tyson, there, there's not there's there, there's not going to be too many teams left that haven't been spurned by a Kurt Overhard client. So, <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, I, I I wonder at some point. When GMs are like enough's enough, like can we just stop with this crap and like focus on hockey as opposed to what happens where? But yeah, the the, the biggest problem to me is again if you're in, in any walk of life. I mean, look if people if somebody flies across the ocean to ask for five minutes of your time, the adult thing to do in that situation is to at least listen to what they have to say. If your mind's made up, your mind's made up. But actually, the more I think about it, Tyson, this is your fault. This is you and your Gen Z generation. Oh, I need everything right now. And nope. if it's not perfect, then don't I put that on me. I want don't my way. Oh, I don't get my way. Oh, I want to go to California because that's the only place that I could be happy in. That's Amer- That's American, man. You're to that's blame. A, that's not That's not that Canadian style. That grind. There's still some of us out there that want, that, that want the grind. Speaking of people that have forced their way to California. You wanted to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, Tyson, in his recent stretch of hockey for the ice-cold LA Kings, who are losers of seven straight. What have you know? You've been watching watching P.L. Dubois lately? What's the intel? Well, Brandon, the intel is not good if you're a Pierre-Luc Dubois. Sorry, a P.L. Dubois fan. Thank you. Yeah. He, (laughs) he... Because I, I had saw that, that he was moved down the lineup. He wasn't quite on the fourth line yet when I when I'd seen this, but he was moved down the lineup. At, at was, some point this past week, he was 
he started a game at, at, at fourth line center, but go yes. On. And he was moved very early on in another to the fourth line. Uh, I, like, I don't even think he made it through the first period without being moved down to the fourth line. And if, if he wasn't making the contract that he was making, he'd be a healthy scratch. 1000%. I have never seen Brandon. Like you, you remember the torts, like the shift that ended his tenure in Columbus. He does oh, that yeah. seven times a game. He does that seven times a game. It is crazy. And I saw some Kings fans like, I, I like to get the the fan side, the King the Kings fan side of it, and see what they're thinking. Like maybe I'm I'm have some hate colored lenses on, and I'm not seeing the game the right way because I want Dubois to fail. A lot of them were. I saw a couple that I mean, mo- the prevailing argument is that he stinks and doesn't care about the team. There were some defenders as as there were going to be, and there was one game where he was with a- Adrian Kempe, and Kempe scored two girl- goals early on in the first period, and he was moved off that line before the end of the game, and people were going crazy saying, "Well, no wonder he can't get going. He doesn't spend." Yeah, do you want to know why he didn't play? Didn't finish the game with Kempe because he missed his guy. He left his guy all the way past the blue line for a goal. Like there is, there's so many times throughout a game where you're just watching them and it's zero effort, not even like a, like a give a fake effort. Like this guy's just standing straight up in the neutral zone, trying to back check in quotations. Like they, the Jets dodge one of the biggest bullets. And if Dubois was in Montreal, he would be out of there already. I honestly don't think he would even make it through a season with Montreal. I'd love it. It's just another trading and request out of town. I I, mean, I I think he's gone from LA in the next three seasons. You can't have that guy on your team if you actually want to contend. Yeah. I, oh, well, you hate to see it, uh, but <laughs> I the only reason I might balk at that is who's going to want to take the ticket of eight and a half? You know what I mean? Like I can understand maybe LA wanted to get out of it, but you, you need somebody that's willing to acquiesce to your uh, requests on the other end there. By the way, with, uh, Gabe Velarde's goal tonight. That puts him at 18 points this season, which is two more than Pierre-Luc Dubois in 15 less games. And Alex Ayafalo with 17 points. 17 is more than 16. So that means two pieces from the trade are currently outscoring Dubois. Kupari (laughs) Kupari was at one point the fastest skater in the NHL. So... Pierre-Luc Dubois was not, so that's another notch in the, the Jets' victory belt there. And uh, Montreal lost again tonight. That second rounder is getting closer to a late first rounder. Cool. Well, good <laughs> luck out there in L.A. PLD, and good luck out there in Anaheim, Quitter Goche. Best of luck to you guys Ooh. in your careers. Either way, things are looking pretty good in Winnipeg. I was going to say Philly. That's not... Totally true, actually. But oh well, that's a me problem. Um, either way, yeah, I, I don't think Jets fans are gonna hate that uh, that little breakdown there, Tice. That um, things aren't going great for Dubois in LA, and the team's not doing so well. And the Jets pick up eight straight dubs, and uh, they continue their chase for top spot in the NHL. At the very least. Top spot in the Central Division. That That's good enough for me. Let, let, let's take tops of the division there and avoid Colorado-Dallas in round one. Um, the Jets, fortunately, at the moment, halfway through the year, officially halfway through the year, are on pace to do that. So we'll uh, 
keep track of all that. And uh, yeah, let's set our attention to Saturday night. Jets Flyers. Be nice to me if you see me there. Don't yell at me. I'm not gonna boo. I'm 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 a very I'm a very polite fan. I'm not gonna I won't be rude. So just I just want to sit down in the uncomfortable chairs and watch the Flyers likely get blown out Saturday night. I only get one chance a year, so just 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 let me enjoy it. But would love to talk to you guys if you're able to to go down. Um Love to chat hockey and all that stuff. So we'll see how the game goes Saturday uh, as the Jets try to make it nine straight. And if they do, number 10 will be on Tuesday night against the New York Islanders. If they win that one, I mean, you face Ottawa, Boston, Toronto is a bit of a tough one there. But you get to double digits. And yeah, that's that's going to be some good times here in Winnipeg to start 2024. Um Good times to start the year and good times to end the episode. We'll wrap things up and uh, yeah, let's head into the weekend in style, everybody. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday morning. Like we said, they're breaking down the Jets game against Philly, getting ready for the matchup against the Islanders and hopefully some good injury news over the weekend as well with Shifley, Hanela, Kupari, Kyle Connor. Hopefully that's it. So, yeah, let's keep it at four. We don't need to add anybody else to that mix there. Um, we'll talk about that and then any other news and notes around the NHL. I'm sure some Gen Z hockey player will request a trade to uh Dallas or something stupid. So we'll 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 talk about it all with you guys uh after the weekend there. Until then, though, hope you guys stay safe and have a great time. Try to avoid the snow as well. And um, we'll chat soon. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki with us once again. We'll talk to you guys Tuesday morning. Have a great weekend. Peace.